And we're going to look at this scripture on peace. Um, and we're going to, um, where did Naomi go? She needs to be in here for this word. Um, let's look at Isaiah 26, 3 through 4. And husband, I have officially lost my glasses, so if I could borrow yours. I know. I, they were, they're were. they not in the car. They're not in my purse. They're not in my bag. They're not by the bed. They're not. Yeah, so it's been 24 hours. You can put out an APB after 24 hours, right? So I'm on like, I'm on 48. So, um, so anyway, let's go before the Lord. Amen. Lord, we thank you for your word. We thank you for your word. We thank you for your word. We, th we thank you for the power of peace, oh God. We thank you for the power of calling out to your name. We thank you, Lord, that our heart and our mind are steadfast fast on you. We thank you for being committed to you, to leaning on you, to hoping confidently in you, Lord. And we thank you for being a rock, Lord. We thank you for being solid as a rock. We thank you that you are not just the rock of this time, but you are the rock of ages, of our future, our present, and our past. You are stable, God. You are stable. And so we trust you. We lean on you and we don't doubt and we don't give in, Lord. And we thank you for your peace. And we thank you that our voice and your ears have a divine connection, Lord. Lord. There is an umbilical cord, Lord, connected from us to you, Lord, because you are ours, Lord. You are ours and we are yours. And so we thank you, Lord. Speak through me, Lord. Let the words of my mouth and the meditation of my heart be acceptable, Lord. Open up ears. Lay hands on your ears right now and just say, Lord, let me hear. Let me hear. Let me hear what the Spirit of the Lord would say in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Um, I want to talk to you um, uh, um this morning, I want to um, speak to you on peace. Thank you, worship team. Um, you guys set that up with one song. Amen. Thank you for that. That was a blessing. Um, let's go Go with me to Isaiah 26. Isaiah 26. Um, and we're going to read the amplified version of this scripture that is... Um, pretty familiar doesn't if you don't know it it's okay but it's a it's a pretty familiar scripture Isaiah 26 verses 3 through 4 um, and there's actually a, a song I will keep you in perfect peace who's that Andre Crouch if you keep your mind stayed on me or is that something you wrote mommy I don't know okay anyway um, but anyway there is a <laughs> there is a there's a song from this scripture Isaiah 26 and so are you there say the word works the word works okay and um, Nicole um, she has my notes so she may be putting a picture up in a second but it says this, you will guard him and keep him in perfect and constant peace whose mind, both its inclination and its character is stayed on you because he commits himself to you, leans on you and hopes confidently in you. So trust in the Lord. What does that mean? Commit yourself to him, lean on him, cope confidently in him forever for the Lord, our God, the Lord God is an everlasting rock. He is the rock of ages. Amen. You will keep him in perfect peace whose mind is steadfast on you, but the Amplified says you will guard him and keep him in perfect and constant peace when your mind, and say this, both my inclination, both my inclination and, my character and my character is stayed on you because I commit myself to you. What does it mean to commit yourself to God? The Amplified Version says it means to lean on, hope confidently in Him and to commit your way to Him and you trust in the Lord. You trust in the Lord by committing yourself to Him, leaning on Him, hoping confidently in Him for the Lord is the rock of ages. Amen? So um, this scripture um, uh, hit me kind of hard this week when I, it, when I read it in the Amplified. Um, do you have that picture, Nicole? 
Is it working right? Um, uh, the blue picture? Yeah, when I, I saw this um, this picture, and I thought it was so interesting because it showed like the, these all these different angles and, and, and squares and triangles. You can see squares and triangles. You can see right angles, acute angles. You can see all these different angles. And in the middle of this, it says you will keep him in perfect peace when your mind is focused. And I love that the Amplified says your mind, your inclination, and your characters. Um, how many of you guys have ever heard the phrase what is what's your angle have you ever heard that when somebody's trying to get you to do something have you ever heard somebody say I wonder what their angle is or you might say it I wonder what their angle is it means that there seems something suspicious about that person where it's like there's another intent like they may be saying hey you need to ride home but you know you in the back of it there's something else going on I actually saw that in a movie where a man was kidnapping a little boy and he rode up to him and said hey remember me you know you need a ride home and the little boy you could see something in his eyes was like a little suspicious but the man was like it's okay it's okay come on and get in the car but there there's something in the boy and his spirit probably told him there is an angle here there's something there is another intent opposite of what is being said and so that 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 phrase what is your angle kept kept kind of what's your angle kept coming up to me and then when the when the amplified said what are your inclination um to it's it says uh he will keep him in perfect and constant peace whose mind both its inclination and its character or stayed on me it kind of looped I, I, I saw this picture and I was reading the amplified and I saw all these different connections so I want to I want to share this with you it's saying this is what an inclination is an inclination can we get the, the buzz off an inclination is a deviation or the amount of a deviation from a normal especially a horizontal or vertical direction or position okay it's when your mind bends in a certain way an incline how many of you guys know when you're on an incline anybody been on a treadmill and you get that incline and so what was flat begins to go at a what at an angle amen and so you see this deviation and so usually when somebody has a different angle or they, they take a different approach the inclination is there's a deviation from going straight and there's a leaning so we sometimes we wonder what is somebody's angle with coming to church we remember we said that there are often sheep there's often wolf um, which, among the sheep you know with sheep's clothing where there's somebody there their intent and their angle is not to worship God. Their intent and angle might be something else. Their intent or their angle might be to get a position. Their intent or their angle might be just to date a lot of people and then leave. Their intent or their angle might be to come and meet somebody to get married. You know, everybody has their intent. And so God is saying when he examines us, he's looking at us and he's saying the intent and the angle of your mind must be focused where? On me, on me. So I must be your intent. I must be the pursuit of God is my intent. The pursuit of God is my angle. So whether I've been horizontally or vertically, whatever direction I go into, the Bible says that your mind and your character, so your character is your moral compass. The character is that part of you that keeps you anchored in God. And so he says your angle, whatever your angle is. And so the Lord was speaking that sometimes you're going to have people whose intent and their angle towards you has all these different things. But in the middle of it all, he said, what? Keep your mind focused on where? On me, on me on me, on me. Keep your mind on me. It might be that you might say, you know what? I, I heard a, um, a, a popular speaker by, uh, he, well, I don't want to call him a Bible speaker because he kind of started sharing all kinds of stuff, but he got sick one time and he said, listen, when I got sick and I got scared, I didn't just believe Christianity, but I believe Christianity. I believe the Islam faith. I believe uh, uh, this thing and that thing. He said, I figured I'd try it all just in case one of them worked and I would try. But the Lord said, no, in the middle of all these different angles of thoughts and religion and all that stuff, 
polytheism and everything else. He said, I am in the center of you and keep your mind. Your angle must be to stay steadfast where? On me, on me, on me. No bending to the, to away from God, but leaning into God. So I started looking at, I, I took myself to geometry and I started looking at all the different angles. And so, you know, so when you look at the angles and I looked at this, I said, you know what? There's a lot of different ways people bend. And so look at this with me right now. We're going to go to class and then we're going to look at this. These are different types of angles. Okay. I used to teach math. Okay. So here we go. Let's go. I'm not as good as Miss Steph, but let's go. These are the different angles that people take in life. Okay. These are the different angles that you might find yourself in, in life. Okay. Some of you guys say what? I'm cool. I'm what? I'm straight. Well, are you okay? We got Pastor Daryl. We'll ask some people that. You good? What's up with you? I'm good. I'm what? I'm straight. And that's still an angle. Did you know a straight line is still an angle? Okay. It's still an angle. I'm good. I'm straight. Nothing's wrong. And then, you know, something might hit you a little bit and then you kind of sit up and you're at a right angle. Okay. And so a right angle is when you say, okay, God, I'm paying attention. I'm seeking you, Lord. I'm at attention. Whatever you need to say to me, it was just a little bump in the road. You know, your car got a, a flat tire and you were like late to a meeting. And so you say one of those quick little prayers, you know, and so you're like, okay, God, okay, I'm good. Then an acute angle is when life starts to push you down. Okay. An acute angle is it's less than 90 degrees when things start to weigh on you. Remember uh, um, the message from a day with God and we talked about resistance training. Amen. When things start to weigh on you and remember, no, oh, wait, first it was your, your phone. And then she said, yeah, but the phone was little compared to the house, you know? And then Rod said, oh, well, I'm kind of leaning in an acute position too. I got my grandfather's house. So stuff will kind of lean on you. Right. But look at this, Marcella. Then some of us go to what? An obtuse angle. Okay. What is an obtuse where stuff starts to stretch you out. You just start to get pulled a little bit too much and you need a little bit more help. And so it starts to pull you. And so you begin to cry out to God. It, it, you're not straight up and down. You're not straight anymore. You know, you know, he got your full attention and things are starting to stretch you and pull you. Have you ever gotten more than one call? You know, that is, I always look at the Job story and I trip off the fact that within a five minute time frame, Jessica, he probably got four different announcements of stuff stretching him and pulling him. Right. And so then you go from obtuse to what reflex. Now this looks like an obtuse a little bit, right? But it's actually flipped the whole other way. So this is more than a 180. This is almost a 360. So I'm being pulled in what? Different directions where it's just pulling me, pulling me, pulling. So you're beyond a straight line anymore. Look at this. The angle is all the way over here. You see that? How many of you guys have ever been there when stuff just hits you hard and the tears, you're trying to have a conversation with somebody, you know, and the tears start to flow. So um, when we were leaving a date with God one year in, in, in uh, Arizona, my cousin left and I had to stay at the hotel and I had to um, do some work with the hotel, close out the bill. And so I had driven one of the other girls' car and I had left my car at home. So my cousin was there. So my cousin used my car. She was visiting from Philadelphia. I had just made the last car payment before uh, a date with God. It was a fully loaded truck, sunroof, running boards, all kind of stuff. It was just God had been really good to me. I had paid that last car note. And before I got home, my cousin hit a man in my car and the man passed away. Okay. So I, I was kind 
kind of angry. God got my attention and then they took my car and they put it in holding because it was evidence in a murder, okay? So then all of a sudden the car I had just paid off was no longer in my possession. So I felt in a cute position and I was all angry. And my mom said to me, she said, you know, it's real interesting that you're whining about being here, but your cousin's life is turning like she is going literally from acute to obtuse to reflex. She is losing everything. And with two within two years, she was locked up. You understand what I'm saying? So she says, you may have been inconvenienced. Her life has been just been pulled apart. So she's been pulled all the way around. So different things will, t will affect us in different ways, but there is an angle that we all hit, even when we think things are what? Straight. Pay attention. Pay attention when you think it's straight, because you're still at a what? At an angle, okay? You're still at an angle. So our scripture to go, Psalm 120 verse one said what? I cried out to God. I cried out to God. I cried out to God and he heard me. So let's look at the different ways you've been because how you've been in the little things at a right angle will determine how you've been in a reflex angle, how you've been in a, in a obtuse situation or an acute angle. Uh, you ever had those things that are weighing down on you, but that's the only thing, everything else is good, everything else is going good, but then you get hit in another direction. So you have to realize that one, I love it because if you go through the Psalms, the different Psalmists will say different things. One Psalmist, David would say, I cried out to the God. Have you ever seen that? Another Psalmist will say, I called out to God. One of them will make it casual. I sought God. You know, how many of you ever been there where you go, uh, you know, I can figure this out myself, but I think I'll seek God just in case he has something he wants to add. And God said, oh, okay. So you just want to seek me. Let me push you a little bit and open you all the way up to make you cry. And so sometimes God will have to push us at an angle. Do you get that? Where we have to cry out to God. So let's look at these different Psalms that say pretty much almost the same thing. And let's look at the angles that they take us in. So first time, let's go with me to Psalm 86. Go with me to Psalm 86 verses six through seven. And look at this, um, this verse right here. Are you with me? Say Psalm Psalm 86, Psalm 86, that's our first angle, our first angle, if I can get it, Psalm 86. Psalm 86, verses six through seven. And you could re read the New Living Translation if you want to jump around. I'm going to read the New Living Translation translation on this one, okay? Are you with me? Yeah. Does the word work? Okay. And so in this one, he said, listen closely to my prayer, O Lord, hear my urgent cry. In verse seven, I will call to you whenever I'm in trouble and you will answer me. So that's what people say when they're in trouble. You come, that's the kind where you come to church and everything is kind of okay. You know, so you go, you know what? I tell you what, if I'm ever up against a wall, if I'm ever in an acute position or an obtuse situation or a reflex situation, I I will call on the Lord. So it speaks of future. How many of you ever said that? You know what? I'm good. Has anybody, you said, I'm actually in a place where everything is wonderful. So if I do start to get bent, then I'll call on God. So it speaks of future. I will call. I will call. When things get d deep, I'll make sure I call on God. So it's a future promise. Okay. It's a future declaration. Okay. But then you look at Psalm 34 and four and look at this. Let's look at Psalm 34 and four. We got to move a little quick today, okay? Are you there? 34. 34 and 4, Psalm 34 and 4. I prayed to the Lord and he answered me and he freed me from what? All of my fears. Some of my fears? 
all of my fear. I pride, called to the Lord and he freed me from what? All of my grief. I prayed to the Lord. I sought him. One translation, I think it's the, the New Living Translation and, and some of the more traditional NIV says, I sought the Lord. So and when you first read it, it says, I sought the Lord and he delivered me from all of my fears. So it sounds like a right angle prayer. OK, it sounds like God kind of got your attention and you're sitting up and you go, OK, God, I got you. I hear you. I hear you. I hear you. OK, Lord, I got you. OK, I, I, I hear you and I'm going to seek your face on this. I see that you're trying to pull on me because this is the thing. Whatever angle you're in, God is either pushing or pulling on you to get a response out of you, to build a relationship, to get you to communicate with him. So if you ever have had a problem in prayer, how many of you guys have ever, ever said that? Well, you know, I just don't know what to pray or I get there and I get get distracted. Or when I started to pray, you know, I start to think about the stove being on or this kind of thing. And God said, that's okay. I will either push you down or I'll pull you back and I will pull out a prayer in you. Okay. Has God ever pulled out a prayer in you where he will pull out a prayer in you where it has to get a little bit more intense. So it sounds like a right angle prayer, but when you look at the backdrop story, you realize that this is actually, it could really fall into a reflex prayer because David wrote this one and, 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 and Bimbalek, excuse me, was trying to kill him. So he had to act like he was losing his mind to get out of this thing, to make sure that he did, wasn't going to get killed. So it says, and it says David acted like a crazy person. He acted like he was out of his mind. So he was like, I'm going to have to do whatever I got to do to get out of this one. Have you ever had to go into the nominee for the best actress are, you know, you start, so God, so God said, yeah, it may read like a right angle prayer, but don't get it twisted. The writer had his back up against the wall. So you can ask Ask yourself, what am I going to do when I get in the in the thicket of things? What am I going to do? So whether it's just a little bit at attention or whether it's intense, my reflex is that God is going to God is going to pull me out of it and he will deliver me from what? All my fears. All my fears. All my fears. But let's look at Psalm 77 because this is when it gets a little bit real. Is this helping anybody? Yes. Psalm 77. Now look at this. Verses 1 through 9 are, are, are um, really the, 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 uh, the whole passage. But we're going to look at Psalm um, uh, 77, 1 through 2. And look at, look at this one. And it says this. I cry out to God. Yes, I shout. Oh, that God would listen to me. When I was in deep trouble, I searched for the Lord all night long. I prayed with hands lifted towards heaven, but my soul was not comforted. I think of God and I moan, overwhelmed with longing for his help. And it takes an interlude. You don't let me sleep. I'm too distressed to even pray. I think of the good old days long since ended when my nights were filled with joyous songs and I searched my soul and pondered the difference between now. Has the Lord rejected me? Will he ever again be kind to me? Is his unfailing love gone forever? Have his promises permanently failed? Has God forgotten to be gracious? Has he slammed the door on his compassion? This is when you pulled and you're stretched too much but you don't think any help is there. 
And so he says, I cried. See, now this is the thing. The trend in all of these is I cried, God answers. I cried, God answers. I sought God, he answered. I will cry, he'll answer. I did cry, past, present, future. But in this situation, I sought him, I cried, and nothing. It says, this is what the, this is what the commentary says, it is God's inaction on your behalf. What happens when it feels that like God slammed the door on you? No compassion, no voice, no hearing, no movement from God where I am completely stretched in every single direction. And this is what you do. This is exactly what we do. We do just like the psalmist. Well, I remember a time when everything in my life was good. I remember when I was in charge, everything happened. Okay. When I was single, I never had this problem. When I was married, I never had this problem. When I was healthy, I didn't have this problem. When I was sick, I didn't have this problem. When I was rich, when I was poor, we always start to do a comparison and we want to go backwards. And God is saying, look, you can't reverse the time. This is where you are right now. And lo, I am with you even when I don't respond to you. Even in the dark, even when it looks like I have slammed the door on compassion, I am still with you. So while you're in going down memory lane, let's look at something else. And it says this, he kept going, but in verse 11, but then I recall all you have done, Lord, and I remember your deeds long ago. They are constantly in my thoughts. I cannot stop thinking about your mighty works. And something raises up in you in an obtuse angle. And you start to say, you know what? God's not going to stretch me and leave me. God is bending me and getting me what? Straight. I'm coming back around. He's going to take me in a 180. He's going to take me in a 360 because God never lets his name go down. So sometimes he's going to say, you know what? I'm going to be quiet for just a second to see if you can remember a time when I ever left you, when I ever forgot you, when I ever, when did I ever leave you? Remember when you were sick? Remember when you were, remember all the times you were sick in these? Remember all the times and you're saying, you know what, God, you know what? I recall that now I have what? I have hope. So this is a mature believer. Yeah. Okay. See, when you're new, you go under here. I saw this is you when you first get saved. I'll call on God. He'll help me. Everything will be perfect. And then you go, I sought the Lord and I was afraid and he delivered me from all my fears. And then you start living with God for a little bit. And God says, okay, you're mature. I don't need when great. The older grace gets the less we have to run every single time she cries. Yeah. Yeah. Because you have to tell her, strengthen your back. Get up. Come on. You're a big girl now. You can't whine. You can't complain. She's going to school. Somebody called me a crybaby. Come on, strengthen your back. You got Mustang straining you. You're not a wimp. You're strong. I'm going to take you on that playground and you're going to make it happen. You're going to have a good day. Grace is going to have a good day today in Jesus' name. Get up and go. And so you find that the tears start to happen less. And she said, well, mommy, I was crying because I missed you. And that's what we do with God. God, I was crying because the minute I hurt my fingernail, you didn't come through for me. And God says, you're a big boy now. You're a big girl now. There is not that there's no action. It's just that I'm waiting to see if you can remember when I did have your back. And if I did it, then I'm going to do it again. I'm going to do it again. So let me stretch you. Let me pull you. You keep crying. And when you cry, I'm going to pause for a minute. Remember when Jesus, remember when his best friend died? Mary and Martha said, if you, she said, if you were here, my brother wouldn't die. The Bible says he was three miles away, but he did not go. Lazarus died and Jesus was three miles away and God forbade him to go heal the man. And God is sometimes right around the corner from your deliverance. And he says, no, this time you're going to be a big girl. This time you're going to be a big, this time I am going to come through for you on the house, on this, on the sickness, on the report, whatever it is, I'm going to build your muscles. 
And then it says he didn't just stay around the corner until he died. Then it says that he stayed until the body was real dead, past the days when the spirit left the body. And then he came and resurrected. God never doesn't not come. He decides when it's the best time to come. Amen. You got it? You got it? God never doesn't not come. He decides the best time to come. Okay. Now look at this. And so in Psalm, this, this is really good right here. Psalm 18, six, somebody pull that up and, and somebody pull 18, six, six up. Look at this. 18, six, 18, six. These are all the different Psalms about crying out to God and you mean management ladies should remember Psalm 18, six. It's an amazing visual. Come on. Look at this. You are you there? Yeah. We're going to, we got to turn quick today. Psalm 18, six. Yeah. Now look at this, this, this one gives you like location. I love this because in this one, he had to cry out because it says in verse four, the ropes of death entangled me. Floods of destruction swept over me. The grave was waiting for me. How many of you, they had your funeral plans ready. Okay. But in my distress, I cried to the Lord. Yes. I prayed to my God for help. And he heard me where in his sanctuary. My came, my cry came to reach his ears. And so this is, this is, this is what it's, this is what it's like. Who, who, who can I get? Marcello, do, do this for me. Go stand at the back door and cry, call my name. Because this is location, location, location. He was in his temple and he heard. So call my name in a regular voice. Okay, now go outside the door and call and scream and talk a little louder. So God is in his holy temple. And this is how we feel sometimes when you pray. See there. Okay, you hear it? You hear it? So you hear it. And so God will sometimes, you, sometimes you go, you start, the Bible doesn't say you jump away from God. The Bible say you wander. We used to live on a lake, Lake Christopher, and mom would get on her raft, boy, and you, next thing you know, you'd just be floating on Lake Christopher, and you'd wake up, and you'd be miles away from the house, and she, one time, she got up on the lake, and she just walked all the way, just took a long walk home, and so you wander away from God, so when you, when everything's going good, you're right up on God, Lord, yeah, I mean, quit, you know, because you're right there, and then you go to the back door, Lord, Oh, yeah, yeah, I heard you. Then you go outside and when that stuff hits you, Lord, and he can see, it says the cry, my cry reached his temple into his ears. Ah, but I thought you were good. I thought everything was straight. Don't get it twisted. You can also be flat on your back. Yeah, I know that's right. So you can say that, oh, I'm good, I'm straight, and play it off and act like everything's good. But straight can always also be flat on your back yeah. when it looks like nothing is coming through. So to other people, you go, okay, well, I got the same. They haven't taken the car yet. I got the same shoes. I got the same. So I'll go in and look like everything's straight. But God, you and I know what my real position is, what my real angle is. Do you need anything? Nope, I'm good. Just too arrogant, too proud to this, to that, to just say, hey, look, I need help. And you're like, so behind closed doors, God, yeah. in front of people. Yeah. <laughs> and people are looking at you. Pastor Dale did that to somebody else the other, somebody the other day. We literally were driving and we saw him. And he's like, something in your eyes didn't look right. I'm straight. Okay, because what I see is flat. Okay, but only you and God know you cry. And when here it says when your voice hits his ears, he responds. Okay, let's we're almost finished. Psalm 120 verse one. We did uh, that. We did that one in the very beginning. This is your uh, uh, scripture to go. You don't even have to turn there. I called in my distress and he answered. There is a response, a call and response. So when I'm in an acute angle, Psalm 118 verse five. Okay, when I cried, he answered me in my anguish. And what did he do? 
He answered me by what? Setting me free. Re make sure you read that. Psalm 118.5. So this is it. Psalm 18 is the location of where he is when I call. Psalm 118.5 is the result. He answers me by doing what? Setting me free. Now, this is the thing. Free, how your free looks is God's determination. It's God's determination. Your free may be a million dollars, God will fix all this. Yeah, but that's not my free. My free is I will bless you. What did Stephanie say? How many months did you say? Uh, 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 of not four years of not paying? Uh, what was it? Months. 10 months of not paying the mortgage. But God had her free. No, God, 10 months and no mortgage. I, uh, that, that my, my, one of my godmothers, one of my mother's dear friends, her house went into foreclosure long ago. And she said, God, this is what I'm going to do. Until they put me out, she took a red scarf and put it on the doorknob and said, this represents the blood of God. Anytime anybody needs my house, I'm going to let them use my house. And for years, she's still in it. For years, she would just say, you need to do something in my house? You can have my house. Have your event here. This is God's house. Lord, I'm going to just open up the door. She had an extra bedroom. Lord, that room is for whoever needs to stay here. Lord, somebody needs to have. So she just let people just use her house. Years. Years. And God said, I, you're not going to pay. I'm just going to make sure it's free. Yeah. You understand what I'm saying? Because that's the result of you crying out to me. So the location, it hits his ears in his sanctuary. The result is he answers how set free. That's an obtuse angle. Psalm 116 verses 1 and 4. I love this one because this is how you pray. Can somebody read that for me? Psalm 116 in the New Living. Anybody got it? Four. Psalm 116 verses and you can read uh, uh, one, one verses 1 and 4. Psalm 116 in the New Living. And I love this one because this tells you, this is the thing I, I love because Bishop Omer used to always pray. Sometimes you don't have prayer, time for an elaborate prayer, but this is what you say. This is how you pray. What does it say? Oh, Lord, save me. Okay. What does it say? That, uh, Verse one said, I love the Lord because he, he heard my voice. Here's my voice. Oh, and my prayer of mercy. That's verse one. And verse four. Verse four. Hold on. Come on back. Verse four. Then I call on on the name of the Lord. Please, Lord, save me. Amen. Please, Lord, save me. That's all you have to say. It activates. It activates the connection. He said, I asked the Lord. I sought the Lord. Now, I love this because he said in this one, look at this. It's about mercy. So look, and, and let me read verse six. I love what verse six says in the Amplified. It says, the Lord protects those of childlike faith. Okay, the Lord protects those of childlike faith. So in this one, he said, keep it simple. If you don't know everything about me yet, oh Lord, save me. And I love it because in verse one, he says, mercy, mercy, mercy. Uh, he hears my voice and mercy. So grace, mercy is when grace runs out. Mercy is when you're in a position where you may or may not know, or you may not be, be close, but all you have to do is say, oh Lord, save me. And it says, and he hears those with childlike faith. I love that in the New Living Translation. Even if your faith isn't strong, childlike faith. Are you with me? Yeah. Okay, last one, Psalm 138, verse three. This is the benefit of crying out to God. Are you there? Are you learning something today? Yes. yes. All right. Psalm 138, verse 3. I love this. Psalm 138, verse 3. And let's read the, um, the NIV version. Um, 
I think this is the old school NIV version. When I called you answered, and the benefit is you made me bold and stout-hearted. Somebody say stout-hearted. Stout you can't be moved, you can't be changed, you can't be moved, you cannot be maneuvered. And this is the benefit. I love this because this is what's the benefit of an acute angle. Look at verse two um, in this one, because in verse two it says, I will bow down towards your holy temple and praise your name. I will bow down. So an acute angle, when life starts pushing you, where is God trying to get you in? He's trying to get you in a position of what? Prayer. He says, I will bow down. So God is saying, why do you think I'm letting stuff weigh down on you? Why do you think I'm letting all this stuff happen to get you to do what? To call on me and say, oh, Lord, save me. I'm trying to build your childlike faith. I'm trying to get you to understand and get you to have the testimony that when you call, I answer. But I got to bend you down. I got to weigh you down. And that's the benefit of crying out. So you see the location when you cry. He's in his temple and it hears. And I love it because if you read all Psalm 18 it says that he straps on he jumps on a chair and he breaks through the clouds and comes to your rescue and then the result is what he sets you free he delivers you from all your fears how does he do it when you say oh Lord save me and what's the benefit you become bold and stout hearted so you go down you start off straight then you go on a right angle then you go down into an acute position and then he says ah now I got you where I want you all I needed you to do was what bow down all I needed you to do was bow down all I needed you to do was bow down. That's in closing. Second, the less that's bah, that bah, Thessalonians. I could say it. See if you're paying attention. I wanted to show you this visual because we talked about um, at a date with God. If you were there, we did the message about the man who was training for the Olympics. Amen. He was training for the Olympics, and how did he do it? It says that he started off carrying a what? A calf. And it, see how his arms are kind of thin out and everything? And he carried that calf. And this was his resistance training. When you do strength over time, when God lets stuff weigh on you and bow on you and pressure on you, and that cow calf turned into a what? A cow. And you see his muscles getting a little bit stronger. You almost see some abs. A baby, when that calf is full grown, he's strong. He's holding it. It's not even a thing because he's been carrying this so long. So this is you in your sickness. This is you carrying your house. This is you carrying your friends. This is you carrying your stressful job. This is you carrying all this stuff. No matter if you're an obtuse angle, a reflex angle, an obtuse, whatever it is, acute, right, whatever, even if you're straight, but you're really flat on your back. God says, I am building your muscles. I'm getting you to a place where you know automatically, I will call. I did call. I call and he always answers me. Me and God have an understanding. He said, but the Lord is faithful. He will what? Strengthen you? How does he strengthen you? By putting stuff on you, by making you bear the load, by making you bear the load, by making things go into remission and then coming out. Does that mean healing is wrong? No. He's trying to make sure that you don't get rid of the calf, that you don't throw it off because he is expecting it to become a cow so that you too will be victorious. And when that man went to the Olympics, couldn't nobody stop him. No, that's right. Okay. I love it because he says, finally, brothers and sisters, we ask, pray for us. He didn't say pray that everybody will leave us alone. He didn't say pray that our life will be us easy and we'll be running through a poppy field of flowers. He said pray that the Lord's message will spread rapidly and be honored wherever it goes. How does the name of the Lord spread? 
is spreads in a godly community like you carrying your cow. It means Monday through Saturday, you're out there. You don't know how the house is going to be. But when you come in here and you blend with other believers, then Rod tells you, hey, you thought you were alone, girl. I'm going through the same thing. Let's pray. And then Stephanie's standing up and saying, you know what? I already been on the other side, you guys. There's joy at the other side. So this is Noe. This is Rod. This is Stephanie. And everybody's standing together. No matter what your situation is, trust me, everybody has an angle. Why are they here? What are you trying to get from God? I'm trying to get deliverance. I'm trying to get healing. I'm trying to get more money. I'm trying to get, I'm just trying to get closer because he who dwells in the secret place of the most high shall abide. That's my angle. I'm just trying, I'm not trying to jump in, get something and jump out. I'm trying to stay. I'm trying to stay. I'm going to carry this thing, whether it's a calf, a mid-sized cow or whatever. I'm going to stay in the fight. The word of God gets out because each one of you carries your cow. You carry your cross. You carry your burden. What, and you or somebody else says, you know what? I'm dealing with sickness. Hey, well, that's you. But guess what? I'm dealing with my kids. I'm dealing with this. I'm dealing with that. And it says, just as when it came to you, pray that we will be rescued from wicked and evil people. For not everyone is really a believer. But the Lord is faithful. Stand to your feet. The Lord is faithful. Yes, he is. Yes, he is. The Lord is faithful. May the Lord lead your heart into a full understanding and expression of the love of God. And say this with me. Patient endurance. Patient endurance. Some of you might be in Psalm 34. Some of you might be in Psalm 27. Some of you might be in Psalm 138. But guess what? Wherever you are, even if you're in Psalm 77, where it looks like you're calling and there's no answer, patient endurance. And that can only come from Christ. Christ alone, the hope of glory. Christ alone, the lifter of my head. Christ alone, the one whose strength is. is, I love it because in in Corinthians, Paul said he will pitch a tent and dwell over you. Father, wherever we are in our journey, whatever our angle is, Lord, whichever way we bend, Whichever way we bend, Lord, one, I pray that if we bend in a godly community, our community will come to our rescue. That no matter what happens, Lord, no matter, Lord, some of us are straight right now because we got to prop up those who are at an angle. And then some of us are stretched beyond and we're like, I'm in an obtuse. Can't you see me calling out for help? And the Lord will use the community to strengthen you and to help you and to cause you to be firm and very courageous. So, Lord, we thank you, Father, that no matter the scenario, you are with us. You are with us. You are with us, Lord. Lord, no matter this week, I think I got three different things that hit me. But on Thursday, when I watched my friends that I grew up with bury their father and my mother was sitting in the church, I said, you know what? It ain't that bad. I'm not burying my mother today. I had to watch my friend Jason eulogize his father. It's not that bad. It's bad, but it ain't that bad. I call and you answer. So, Lord, let us get a different perspective, a different perspective. Lord, you don't permanently erase your promises. You decide when it's time to answer. You decide to move. So, Father, speak to our Lazarus. Every one of us has a different Lazarus story. But you come when you are ready. You come when you will be glorified. So be glorified in our lives, oh God. Be glorified in our sickness. Be glorified in our weakness. Be glorified in Jesus' name.
when we cry, Lord, you answer. Oh, that our voice would be fixed to you. Some of us have gotten to Psalm 77 and we just get silent on God. And the angels in heaven are saying, when are they going to cry out? So, Father, we bless you that we will not give up. We will not give up. On this um, 28th day in August, and as we heard the testimonies um, of so many people this morning, which was so wonderful, we didn't even have to call you up. God just started doing them. As you prepare to give.